Hello everyone and welcome to episode 168 of the End Focus podcast. I'm your host Andy Corrigan. With me as always is Andrew Brown. Hello. And Tori Wassana. Hello, hello. And this week uh, we're just going to be all about the Nintendo Direct, which uh, came out uh, towards the back end of, of the last week. Uh, a lot of announcements to get through, so uh, how about we just jump right into those. <laughs> The first thing they kicked off with was uh, a sizable expansion for Monster Hunter Rise called Sunbreak, a very gothic, dark fantasy uh, setting for the little bit they showed, but uh, they, they were promising more than what they showed off, at least. So I love Monster Hunter Rise, but I need to get back to it because I had to start playing other things for the show, and then, you know, it snowballs, and you just don't don't get back to things. Uh, Tori, I think you finished it pretty damn quickly, so I, th- I suspect you're ready for this. Yeah, I still need to go back and do that new ending that they added, because um, I haven't really touched any of the updates, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm keen for a, a whole new expansion like this, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I suspect you're still in the same place I am, just uh, got sidetracked by other things. Yeah, I'm still in low four stars, and I never took it off my now playing list, so I would remember to come back to it and mm-hmm. uh, and finish it. I just haven't done it yet, and we'll see if I ever do. Yeah, although we think this this year's been fairly disappointing, it's like I've never had that clean break where I, th- I felt that I had the time worthy enough to, to give to it. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully before we uh, wrap up end of year stuff, because I think that's a... Uh, one that's quite high on my list at the moment. Yeah, so that's coming out next year, summer 2022. Um, oh, just a caveat, I had to watch the UK version of the Direct because the American one would not work for me on YouTube for some reason. So if uh, some of the timeframes <laughs> or seasonal stuff sounds off, that is why. But <laughs> uh, Next up is uh, an update on Mario Party Superstars. Uh, they're bringing more boards, including Woody Woods, uh, Yoshi's Tropical Island, which was in the last Switch game, uh, Horrorland, and uh, they're including Mount Minigame, which is a, a board of minigame-only courses, and that's coming October 29th. Uh, I'm definitely getting that, so we'll update you. Tori, are you grabbing that? Probably. Um, I don't have any nostalgia for the old Mario Party games, so I'm keen mm-hmm. to kind of play them with fresh eyes. Um, we know Andrew's opinion on this. He spoke of that before. <laughs> <laughs> Summarised with a comical fart noise. The next one looked really cool. Uh, Voice of Cards, The Isle of Dragon Rules, which is a card-focused tabletop-styled RPG made in part with uh, Yoko Taro of uh, Nia fame. That's coming October 28th. There's a demo available now. Um, anyone check that out yet? Not yet, but it did catch my eye. No. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, it does look interesting. Uh, uh, I'll probably avoid the demo. I don't play many demos these days. I should do more of that. But uh, I'll, I'll wait to see what the opinion is before I, I jump on it, I think. Uh, next up was uh, Disco Elysium, the final cut, uh, this time coming for realsies, uh, October 12th in digital format and early 22 for physical. So I'll be waiting for the the physical releases, I think. Yeah, definitely keen to play this one, especially now that it's unbanned in Australia. From our previous chat on this one, Andrew, I think you were a definite Tory, you were a wait and see. Yeah, I I keep misreading the name as Disco Asylum, so I don't think <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't think I'm that excited for it. <laughs> I'm so excited for it, I'm waiting for the physical version. And also, by waiting for the physical version, I'm going to find out if the Switch port's any good. Because <laughs> if it's not any good, I'll get it someplace else. That's true. I do already have it on uh, Steam. I got it on sale at the time of banning in a panic that I'd never be able to play it. So <laughs> um, I, I think I'll still get it physically because, uh, yeah, opinions are high, but at least I'll have it on, on PC if the Switch port isn't up to much. Um, next up was Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. You know, it was a game I liked a lot, but it was largely disappointing, mostly for, for story reasons. So the the Wave 2 uh, Guardian of Remembrance DLC uh, just kind of does nothing for me. Uh, that's coming October 29th. A lot of these coming end of October, which is annoying. 
yeah, I think you two were both the same with me on on our disappointments with that game, especially with story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like the story. Getting new upgrades was not nearly as rewarding as it is in the original Hyrule Warriors, and I just felt no compunction to continue playing this after I finished the main plot, and mm-hmm. still do not. So it's an easy pass. I had good intentions to go back, but when I digested it a little, I just uh, the disappointment of the story was too much, and I, I couldn't be bothered. Uh, next one, Chocobo GP. Uh, Final Fantasy flavored kart racer uses uh, Final Fantasy spells and abilities. Has uh, Final Fantasy characters. Um, I'd never heard of this, but I believe it's actually a remake. I don't know if oh. it's a remake, but yeah, there was a Chocobo racer on PS One. Mm. Um, that's coming uh, in 2022 as a Switch exclusive. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely keen for that one. A uh, chance to whip out the the old Nintendo steering wheel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so they didn't announce the final Smash Fighter, which we thought would be a show in for this one, but they announced that they will announce it on October 5th um, in a, a direct that's probably going to delight and disappoint people equally. Um, let's just spend a few minutes on this one. So do we think it's going to be a Nintendo character or a, a third-party character? It's going to be Pothead from Fire Emblem. <laughs> probably <laughs> but instead of a spear he'll have a sword <laughs> I don't know and I don't really care anymore I just want it to be over this... <laughs> that, that's I don't I'm know at. and I don't care anymore I just want this <laughs> to be over <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're spending too much time on, on the character stuff Whereas we should have had another single-player uh, campaign expansion. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Um, the characters are good for people who still play with friends, mm-hmm. but for people who play solo, or you know, finish the get the final fighter out of the way, and then talk about maybe a new single-player campaign with all the new fighters included. That would be cool, but I don't think we're going to get that. No, they focus on their own content. Okay, next up was uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, uh, a post-apocalyptic, cutesy 3D platformer, a uh, bit of tonal whiplash, um, but looks a lot like Super Mario 3D World, uh, with its kind of half-forced camera perspective and uh, the kind of things you'll be doing throughout. Uh, that's coming next spring uh, in 2022. I like the look of this one. Andrew, you've been disappointed in the last few Kirby games on the basis that they're pretty much, you know, the original Kirby remade, and I know you had problems with the speed of the last one. Did this one do anything to rekindle your interest? I've been disappointed in Kirby games for the past 20, 25 years now. Like, Superstar was the last one that I recommend anybody play, and that was on Super NES. So, (laughs) yeah, this looked cool, actually. I was very happy to see a Kirby game I'm actually interested in playing. Seeing a lot of people saying it's open world, I don't know where they're getting that idea from. This does not look open world at all. But Mm, I didn't get that impression at all. It still looks like fun, and I want to play it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully Kirby moves fast now (laughs) (laughs) that was my immediate impression of star allies was oh my god kirby is so slow now (laughs) kirby automata (laughs) (laughs) it's such a um curveball for kirby that it just doesn't look like what you'd expect from a kirby game whatsoever in terms of setting so I'm I'm keen for it. I I love when games try something not just new but something unexpected and weird. I'm I'm all the way down to this. <laughs> nice. Next up, another announcement of an announcement: a big content update coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, that's happening in, in October. We don't have an exact date yet, but the content is due in November. Promising for people who are still playing that yet to be seen if it's something that would tempt me back to my island i I still think i'm done you guys still the same yeah i'm done i don't think there's anything that can bring me back at this point and i just don't think i can face looking at what's happened to my island since i haven't logged into it in uh 
see it's September. Eh, I guess it's only been, been about four months, but still, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did everything that there was to do in the base game. I haven't done everything in all the updates, but I've done most of it. So, yeah, I'm done. I'm fine. I'm good. I uh, appreciate not having to sink a half an hour to an hour of my day every day into Animal Crossing mm-hmm. anymore. It was fine when we were settling into the pandemic, but I got other things I'm focusing on now. Mm-hmm. And going from other games we're done with to another game I'm done with, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush uh, got new content immediately after the Direct, uh, to which I say, haven't we suffered enough? Um, but they did bring two new characters, Koopa Trooper uh, and Ninji, and two courses and yawn. Does, doesn't fix my problems with the uh, the main aim of that game, so... Now I know we're all excited for this one. <laughs> Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition. <laughs> uh, it's a relaunch of a, oh, sorry, re-release of a 3DS game and includes all the original content that's coming December 2021. Yeah, who's excited? <laughs> Crickets. Next up was a game that is way overdue on Nintendo Switch, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. That's coming November 11th. Um, just a, a chat we had before recording was I tried this back on the original Xbox uh, after I just wanted a game with Star Wars and lightsabers. The combat wasn't what I wanted from that, so I went on to the Jedi Academy games instead. But uh, I have been wanting to come back to this one you know, with, with more knowledge and and knowing what to expect. So keep an eye on that one. I think uh, both Andrew and I had decided we were going to wait to see if a physical copy would come uh, out of the other Star Wars games. Yeah, I suspect Asper, who has been putting out all these Star Wars ports in the past couple months, I suspect they're going to put out KOTOR 2, which if they do, Mm -hmm. will almost definitely be released in a double pack with the original KOTOR. I'd rather just wait for that to come out. And I've, Mm -hmm. I've played this... 10 plus years ago but and it's a big but i played the xbox version on an xbox 360 so i was playing a bad port uh on bad emulation so that that (laughs) might have impacted my experience with it uh but i i thought this game was just so boring it has a, a bad case of watch this rpg play itself uh the plot twist is super obvious and predictable and I beat it, but I was not happy about it. So, <laughs> but it was, I am in the same boat as Andy. It was a long time ago, and I I didn't have the experience with certain games that I, I now have, especially the kind of PC RPGs that Bioware built their reputation on, which this is one of them. So mm-hmm. I, I might be a little more open to it now, or I might still think this game is flipping boring we'll find out uh next up was a uh, dying light 2 stay human cloud version coming february 4th 2022 uh the cloud versions must be doing well enough to warrant this but i, yeah. I just don't want to see it meh it's gonna have a demo which is weird for a cloud game but no uh, i actually like that like actually give people a chance to play a cloud game without having to buy into it i think that's a good mm-hmm. idea also, we probably won't even get it in Australia because I don't think we've got any of the other cloud versions of anything. So No, we haven't. But uh, the original Dying Light is getting a, a full release, um, a native release as well, uh, on October 18th in the form of the Platinum Edition. Um, enjoyed that on PS4. At the time, I was a bit like, mm, I never want to play that again. But of course, <laughs> if it comes to Switch, I have to consider it. So <laughs> I probably will look at it again now. That's probably one that I will get on Switch, but after a big price drop, mm. and then it'll sit on my shelf and I'll never play it. I also played <laughs> it on PS4. I also enjoyed it. Uh, I was skeptical how it would port to Switch, but the the trailer they showed for it actually looked pretty good. You didn't get to see much of it, and there was a lot of editing, but visually mm-hmm. it looked like it held up pretty well. Uh, but that's a, that's a big game with a very intense parkour system and a lot of zombies chasing you so mm-hmm. i am very interested to see how they got this thing running on the switch because mm-hmm. uh, i think even the ps4 put it through its paces live by the port die by the port 
Next up, uh, Triangle Strategy, uh, which is one of my most anticipated games of next year. Uh, they slapped it with the release date, uh, March 4th, 2022. Promised a lot of changes based on demo feedback. They listed some of it, which was just, you know, common sense game design. I'm pretty sure they would have arrived at some of that stuff on their own. But anyone else still excited for that one or not interested? Never was interested, unfortunately. I don't know. Uh, I'm ambivalent about this game right now. I, I want <laughs> to be excited about it, but I, I fell pretty hard off of Octopath Traveler. I still haven't finished that game. I'm planning to return to it. I just haven't done it yet because there are so many other RPGs I would rather play, but someday I'll get back to it. <laughs> and then just a tactics RPG. I like them in theory. In practice i usually lose interest in them long before i finish them so I, I'm, I'm concerned not my reaction to this game is going to be because i think i'll probably like it i'm concerned i'm just not gonna ever finish it because that that seems to be what happens with XCOM and final fantasy tactics and civilization and games like that i just i like them but i can't keep my focus on them for long enough to finish mm -hmm. them <laughs> i know what you mean like the matches can take such a long time in a lot of these games that they're, they're tiring and it sort of although it's fun you sort of it dampens your uh desire to go back to it um so yeah i, I get where you're coming from um but yeah I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this i loved octopath traveler and i keen keen to check this one out Next up was uh, Metroid Dread, uh, closer look, uh, more story info in this one about uh, why Samus is going to the place she's going. Uh, October 8th, God, that's not far off, is it? It's in two weeks. Yeah, that's, and that's the day before the OLED switch, I think. So the same day, day, I think. Same day. Yeah. Some reason I had October 9th in my head for the OLED switch. So yeah, probably the first thing I play on that one. Yep, uh, looks pretty cool. I have uh, not played a lot of Metro games in the past. Uh, Tori's been doing a full replay. Uh, actually, Andrew, I don't know what your history is with the series. I've played most of them. Uh, I haven't played Zero Mission. I haven't played Other M. Uh, those are the two I've missed. And I'm just not real wild about the Metroid games. Uh, they're the foundation of the Metroidvania style of game like it's in it's in the name but i've never really played one that i think is that good of a metroidvania honestly <laughs> uh hopefully this will change my mind but this is made by the same people who made samus returns that was not good so mm -hmm. i have concerns about this one especially since this seems to be what nintendo is weighing their entire holiday season on is metroid dread mm -hmm. So I hope it turns out well for them, but I, I am neither excited for this nor holding out much hope for it. Like, uh, which is probably probably for the best because now I'll, I'll probably play it and I'll be like, yeah, it's good, because <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I can't possibly be disappointed with it. <laughs> yeah, my my prediction for this one is Andrew disappointment, Tori adores it, and I'm just happily ambivalent in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, uh, next up we got the uh, news on the new uh, Nintendo Switch Online stuff. They're bringing a new membership option, uh, which will be slightly more expensive, but include all the previous stuff and an N64 app and a Mega Drive Stroke Genesis app. Why are they so bad at naming these things? Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion. <laughs> like, I, uh, I hate that so much. <laughs> yeah, it's... I th the reason is because you know they they were clear to say you can stay on the old subscription if you like. It's just such a weird play. I, I know everyone's um, mad about having to pay more for the for the N sixty four stuff, but you know I saw the uh, a good point made on Twitter about you know at least you get to play them, whereas like PlayStation one, two, and three may as well not exist anymore. You know we have ways to play these things. They're also bringing the uh, controllers, as with the, the previous app, so you'll be able to buy a Mega Drive slash Genesis controller and uh, an N64 controller. Um, everyone's a bit salty that the Japanese get the six button 
Mega Drive controller and, and everyone else is stuck with the three button. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, the games themselves, so uh, the N64 app will launch with uh, Super Mario 64, uh, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, or Lilac Wars as it's called in, in PAL regions, uh, Yoshi's Story, Ocarina of Time, Dr. Mario 64, Mario Tennis, uh, Operation Winback, and Sin and Punishment. Uh, and they promise more to come, including Majora's Mask, F-Zero X, Pokemon Snap, and Paper Mario. I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Mega Drive app comes with Golden X, Strider, Musha, uh, Shining Force, Sonic 2, which is like the third or fourth way to play Sonic 2 on Switch now, um, Dr. Robotnik's Bean Factory, uh, Streets of Rage 2, Shinobi 3, uh, Echo, the Dolphin, uh, Gunstar Heroes, Fantasy Star 4, uh, Contra Hardcores, and uh, Ristar, uh, which is a blast from the past. The The interesting thing, though, was the, the N64 games, they've all got online and local play. Yeah, four-player online, actually. Yeah. So Mario Kart 64 could be pretty fun. That's one of the two 64 games I'm looking forward to, the other one being <laughs> Yoshi's Story. Mm-hmm. Just because I haven't played it in a while. Uh, just Ocarina for me, I think. I'm going to say absolutely nothing about it. I'm probably not even going to talk about it online, but I will just be drawn inexorably towards Ocarina of Time. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm replaying that <laughs> for the billionth time. Yep, I used to play it uh, every Christmas. Well, it's like I play A Link to the Past every year. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the only reason I don't do that with Ocarina of Time is that's that's several days, whereas A Link to the Past, I can do it in four hours. But, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as well, if you talk about that you're playing Ocarina of Time, it comes with the uh, inevitable discourse of everyone going how bad it is because it's popular. Look, yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that I'm looking forward to is, so with that, the NES and Super Nintendo games, they do some pretty deep cuts, and everyone will have a whinge about them. But Mm -hmm. I bet there's a lot of people out there that have tried these games simply because they're quote-unquote free. You know, they haven't explicitly paid for something that they probably wouldn't play normally, so maybe they try out games that they normally wouldn't have played. I know that the 64 library is pretty small, but I bet there's going to be some deep cuts in there still. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what random games they, they add to the service that nobody's heard of or or whatever. Yeah, the, the deep cuts are, are an interesting thing because they're always universally met with moaning. Yeah, but you get like one or two people going like, well, actually, this game was my entire childhood. Yeah, and, you know, why not? Children are idiots. <laughs> why not introduce people to other different games though you know it's not a i don't think that's ever a negative the thing i'm more concerned about is the nintendo 64 in addition to its small library i think is also where like the big publishers that are really dominant now that's also where they they kind of started was in that era in the the late 90s like uh, i know some of the good platformers like tonic trouble and rayman that's ubisoft so I don't think we're going to see any Ubisoft-owned games on this service. And, mm. you know, you got Capcom and Konami and the, 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 all, all the the big Nintendo 64 games, including the forgotten deep cuts. They're owned by pretty big publishers right now. And uh, just with classic gaming being what it is, you know, re-releasing an old game, I don't think we're going to see too many more <laughs> games released on the Nintendo 64. I just really don't. That's fair enough. I just want to see Daikatana, but <laughs> that would be that would be fascinating. <laughs> I just want to see the reaction to it. I don't necessarily want to play it. I just want to see Twitter. I want to see the Game Boy version of Daikatana because whenever that gets brought up, Twitter is always like, "Wait, there was a Daikatana port on Game Boy, and yeah, it was actually okay. It was better than the <laughs> the original Daikatana." <laughs> There's an alternate timeline out there where people are asking, "Can it play Daikatana?" <laughs> Uh, moving on uh, Shadowrun Trilogy coming 2022 the, that, those games have long been on PC uh, they're, they're CRPGs really based on a, a tabletop role playing game um, I'm interested on that I, th- I think I have the first one on Steam uh, but I never got 
too far deep into it, but I, I would definitely check out a uh, a collection of those. Um, yeah, oh, always interested to try it. Just again, time. It's a series that's always been on my radar that I just never got into. Just the setting of it seems kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This might be it, but it could be a wait until it's in sale thing for me as well. I think it was the first big cyberpunk game after New Romancer came out. I played the Super NES port a couple times. I didn't really comprehend what it was I was playing because I, I knew the name Baldur's Gate at the time, but I, I didn't really know what it was. So I, I thought it was just like a top-down shooting game. I played it like it was Diablo. So <laughs> I didn't get very far, didn't accomplish much, and just moved on to the next thing. But now that I know... <laughs> A little better what Shadowrun is, and I know its reputation. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in this. I'll probably grab this collection when it's out next year. Nice. Uh, next up, uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, long rumored, now a reality, out now. Um, includes Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow, and Vampire's Kiss, also known as Dracula X, I think, in the US. And uh, yeah, this is from previous chats on Castlevania, Andrew. I think this is like your Castlevania Golden Age, would you say? Yeah, Circle of the Moon is to me what Super Metroid is to most other people. <laughs> so you've been playing it, I think. You bought it? Yeah, I bought it when it came out. Like, the same yes. day, I was like, oh, I don't have time to play that, but I gotta buy that. <laughs> and how are you going? They're pretty solid ports. Uh, I think one thing people might struggle with is, since these were Game Boy Advance games, it's a bit claustrophobic to play it because the character sprites are actually still pretty large. Mm-hmm. So the screen scrolls really fast, especially when you're dropping uh, from a tall room. <laughs> I, I was actually feeling not motion sick, but I, I was having that sensation. It's like, oh, that is that is dropping really fast and that does not feel good to look at. But <laughs> that's, that's the main like big problem having taking this small Game Boy Advance game and transitioning it to the big screen. Circle of the Moon is great. It's probably will feel the most rudimentary of these three games that are on here. It feels like the oldest one. It even feels older than Symphony of the Night, even though it actually came out after it. Because I, I think they were still trying to understand what they could do with the Game Boy Advance when they made it. This was a Game Boy Advance launch title. Mm-hmm. The character you play as, Nathan, he can only use the whip, which is pretty unusual for uh, one of the open-world Castlevania games. That's offset by this system called DSS, which is a dual setup system, I think it's called. Not very well named, but it's a cool system where enemies will drop magic cards. There are two kinds. There's an action card and an attribute card. And you, you pair an action card with an attribute card, and it will have a magical effect. Like, there's one action card that's all about enchanting your whip. You use the fire card with it, you've got a fire whip. You use the lightning card with it, you've got a lightning whip. You use the plant card, then your whip turns into a giant rose thorn bush thing that shoots out in front of you. It's a cool system, and uh, they've improved on it even more, which I'll get into in a little bit when I... just a little bit later. Harmony of Distance is the worst game of these three. It's pretty boring (laughs) there's not much to say about it really it's a metroidvania game you go in a castle you explore the castle you you kill the boss there's just there's just not much special about it really there is a twist it's not an interesting twist and it's hard to talk about without giving away the twist but it's been done to death in video games and it just results in in a world that's just not it's pretty tedious to, to traverse this world Uh, And Ari of Sorrow, I've mentioned this on the show before, this is the best Castlevania game, period. You play as this kid named Soma Cruz who lives in the year 2035. He's an exchange student in Japan. His best friend is the local Shrine Maiden. This is the most Japanese Castlevania game ever made. Uh, So they go and they visit the shrine on the night of of this eclipse. And then if if you played Castlevania, you know that uh, Dracula's castle is actually magically sealed inside an eclipse so they go to look at the eclipse and they end up inside the castle and soma has to go out and rescue mina his shrine maiden friend who is totally not his girlfriend and (laughs) 
discovers he has the ability when he kills certain of Dracula's monsters, he can actually absorb their souls and gain their powers. So that's that's the main gimmick in the game is to farm all of the monsters in the castle and absorb all of their souls for 100% completion. Gotta catch them all. It's that kind of game. Uh, <laughs> and you need certain souls to get the real ending, but I don't want to get into that too much because it's one of the cooler things in the game to figure out how to do this. But... That, that's its main conceit. Now, what this advanced collection put together has added on is there's this new thing called gadgets. Well, that's what they've called them. They're new overlays that simplify the game a little bit. In Circle of the Moon, if an enemy will drop a card, uh, one of the DSS cards that I talked about, then there will be a little pop-up on the screen that'll tell you if you've gotten the card from that enemy yet. That's great. Because when Circle of the Moon first came out, the only way to know where to get cards was to look up a guide online. Because there was nothing in the game at all that told you which enemies dropped which cards. And some of the cards had like a 1% drop rate. That was the crappiest thing about the game back then. But it's not even an issue now because you have a new pop-up on the screen telling you. Uh, Harmony of Dissonance has the, a gadget too that'll tell you if one of the castle's hidden collectibles is is nearby. Uh, the The... 100% completion gimmick in that one is there's a room you find in the castle that you have to decorate. The Harmony of Dissonance <laughs> is a really lame game. It is. <laughs> uh, it, 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 of all the games that Konami has made, the Metroidvania-style games, Harmony of Dissonance is easily bottom floor. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to get the thematic of that. You know, like you're trapped in a scary Halloween house and you're like, you know what, this room is mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aria of Sorrow, the gadget in that one, just tells you if the enemy that you're fighting has the soul too, if, if you've gotten the soul from the enemy. There's actually an, uh, a menu in-game you can look at to see that, so this is just more of a quality-of-life feature than anything else, but it's still nice that it's there. And the collection has all the other you know niceties of a, of a revamped 16-bit game. There's fully remappable controls on the software level, not the hardware level. Uh, screen settings you can have standard which stretches the 4x3 display to the top and the bottom of your probably widescreen display at this point pixel perfect which just leaves black frames on the top and the bottom as well as on the side i i guess that's there if you want to use that i don't know why you would and full which stretches it out to 16 by 9 don't do that you're a monster if you do that uh, there's something called high-quality sound. Craig, Eddie, Craig, uh, our sound person, he, he suspects that they've removed the compression from the Game Boy Advance tracks. And the sound sounds okay, but it, it does still sound like a Game Boy Advance game to me. So I'm not too <laughs> sure what that means. It's got rewind. It's got save states. It's got replays you can save of it. It's got uh, an encyclopedia of all the monsters in the game that's just filled in right at the start you don't even have to fight them again that's most useful for circle of the moon because circle of the moon did not have an in-game encyclopedia so you could actually look things up so that's handy that that's there and uh, it's just a great package of two great games and one game that is also here that's worth playing once and never again so i highly <laughs> recommend it nice um yeah this is my kick up the ass to go back to the original collection and finish that because I am definitely interested in that. I really dig the Game Boy Advance aesthetic. Andrew, I know you're always um, cynical when I say I'm going to go back to finish things, um, but I will. I, I promise you I will, because I definitely want to pick up this collection. Well, I'm of two um, minds about it, because I'm still salty that you never played Castlevania Three. Actually, you seemed to specifically stop when you got to the game I was most excited for you to play. No, I, did, I didn't finish two. So, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I need to finish that first. I got halfway through, and then I think Pikmin came out. And then I stopped playing that because I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, <laughs> played in Pikmin for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to move on to something else. So. <laughs> um, we have too many games these days. Stop releasing games. Don't listen to this man. I love being alive today. <laughs> Existence is hard. <laughs> okay, Existence the next one. Futile. The next one was my favorite surprise. Uh, of the, sorry, Tori, did you, are you interested in Castlevania at all? Um, I actually got the original collection as well, and I still have to play it. I have to play them in order, otherwise <laughs> it feels wrong. Well, but the first game is brutal. Yeah, like, my thing with this is I, I, I feel more passionate about playing through all the Castlevania games than I do the Metroid games. I mean, I've played all the Metroid games before. Mm -hmm. so Yeah, that, that probably helps. Um, I'm keen to replay 
well not replay, to actually play the Castlevania games in order. Maybe I can make that a, a Halloween thing. Okay, moving on. Uh, definitely my favourite surprise of the Direct was the announcement of a Actraiser HD remaster. Uh, Actraiser Renaissance. I kind of wish they'd have included the ability to switch between the old graphics and new, but they have allowed you to switch between the old audio and new. Uh, and that was available now, so I'm going to pick that up as soon as Eastwood is done. Because, uh, yeah, I, I played this game over and over and over in my childhood, and I loved every second of it. It's kind of like a part side-scrolling uh, fantasy game, and then part sim city management thing. Uh, it, it's it's really good. Uh, back then, it would have been considered like a really ambitious uh, mix of game styles. Uh, I, I never really appreciated that <laughs> when I was young, but yeah, loved it, uh, and I'm definitely going to pick it up. I haven't seen any reviews or uh, opinions on, on the remaster. I'm kind of avoiding them because I, I just want to get it regardless. Well, the Digital Foundry guy said if you have a choice, don't get it on Switch. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm I, still going to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, Deltarune Chapter 2. Uh, available now uh, as part of a free update to Chapter 1, if you have that on Switch. Uh, and that came up pretty timely for, for Tori, because uh, she was about to talk about Chapter 1 in an up- upcoming episode. Yeah. I was expecting Chapter 2 to be announced during this, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a hunch. I'm really keen to talk about Chapter 2, because while Chapter 1 came out of nowhere, nobody really knew what it was going to be and what it was about chapter two kind of brings back some familiar features from the original undertale same creator uh Deltarune is an anagram of undertale so they're connected but chapter two actually brings in a split route depending on how you play it um undertale's famous for having what's called a genocide route uh you don't have to kill any of the monsters in undertale but you can, and if you kill all of them, you get a vastly different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deltarune plays around with that concept in Chapter 2. Um, so Chapter 1 and 2 are going to be free. Chapters 3, 4, and 5 are going to be released at the same time as a paid game. So consider Chapter 1 and 2 as like a free demo for now. Yeah, yeah. certainly interesting. So you're playing Chapter 1 like for next week, I think? Um, I'm going to talk about both chapters together Mm -hmm. um and also if you're interested i'm going to be doing a stream of the alternate route in chapter two on wednesday Mm -hmm. so um don't come in if you haven't played it already (laughs) (laughs) but uh, definitely check it out if you can't be bothered doing a second playthrough for the alternate route cool there you go uh check that out um, next up was something that was uh, absent from the last Nintendo Direct, and that was a sizzle reel. Uh, so I'll just run through these, and then we'll we'll talk about them after if anyone feels the need. Uh, first up is uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed, coming September 30th. Uh, Surviving the Aftermath, coming winter 2021. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5, November 12th. Uh, Wreckfest is coming autumn 2021. Uh, Pac-Man and... Uh, Zevius are coming out as Arca- Arcade Archives. Uh, they're out now. Uh, and Rune Factory 5 finally coming uh, next March on the 25th. Yep, anyone got anything to say about any of these ones? I mean, we all know I'm excited for Shimagami Tensei 5. Mm-hmm. I want to be excited for Rune Factory 5, but I'm actually almost got myself to a place where I'm ready to start a new file in Stardew Valley. So I think I'm going to be all formed out when March comes. We'll see. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think Wreckfest probably looked the most interesting to me out of those. Uh, only a small glimpse there, and it's all, all going to depend on how it runs. And then next up, Miyamoto stormed the Direct to announce updates on the Super Mario Brothers movie, or Super Mario movie. They're penciling it in for a December 21st, 2022 release date and announced all the cast members, uh, which sent the internet wild for a while. <laughs> Presumably because I, I think they think all these people are just going to be doing Mario and Mario yeah. characters as we know them in the games, which is just not what's going to happen. We've got Chris Pratt as Mario, uh, who Miyamoto said is so cool. Anna Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi... 
Uh, Jack Black as Bowser. One person Keegan... I got excited about was Jack Black as Bowser. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, which, to be fair, is perfect casting. I thought that um, was good too. <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. Hopefully, I didn't butcher his name too much there. Maniscalco, uh, I think. Yeah. And. Uh, Charles Martinet will be involved with surprise cameos. Uh, and Andrew, you want Fisher Stevens back. Only because I love Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens played a character named Iggy in the Super Mario Brothers live action mm-hmm. movie. Uh, he, he, he's awesome in everything he's in, even if what he's in is terrible. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I want him back. <laughs> Short circuit. Give Fisher Stevens work. <laughs> yeah, uh, so some of the, the Twitter reactions we saw. Jeff Gersman said, uh, looks like he picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> uh, Spencer Campbell said the Mario movie is the first film ever to be cast fully by an AI. <laughs> Ian Bogos said, uh, wanted uh, Werner Herzog as Waluigi. <laughs> uh, I don't really oh, want to say this one on a fr- family-friendly podcast. But... A person. <laughs> 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 They said, uh, watching the Nintendo Direct Live and seeing Chris Pratt, Mario, and then two minutes later seeing Bet- Bayonetta is kind of like getting hit by a bus and then getting hit by an ambulance that was on the way to get you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Samantha Walschlager said that if I was kidnapped by Jack Black and taken away from Chris Pratt, I would simply allow this to happen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, no, we were talking about this because I've never been able to figure out why uh, Chris Pratt is so disliked on the internet, and I, you know, I, I obviously figured it was to do with his politics, but he's always been quiet about about that. So I've never been super clear, but uh, you know, we've, I've realised in the aftermath, of this, it it's because uh, of his religious beliefs and his involvement with uh, Hillsong. Uh, famously supported by Australia's Prime Minister, which should tell you everything you need to know about him. Like I, I get it, but um yeah, he's not super vocal with it, so I, I I can see people, you know, missing that and not being too annoyed by it. But yeah, it's certainly an interesting choice. Yeah, I'm not particularly happy about that. Um why well, he might be vocal enough about it to, to the point where he's actively doing damage against uh, the community that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still financially supporting them, most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. That and just why Chris Pratt? Why does he have to be in everything? <laughs> Marketability. I, I I'm almost certain it was Illumination that made that happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I saw he's one probably tweet. Said, he said Chris mm. Pratt, Shigeru Miyamoto, who's probably like, huh? Chris, who? No, <laughs> no I am officially. F- fed up of seeing uh, photoshops with him with mario's mustache oh yeah um the the one that i did enjoy was the jurassic park one where he's trying to calm down three yoshis yeah well, three good. velociraptors colored as yoshis that was the one good thing to come out of it. <laughs> then they ate him there was one tweet i saw that i liked that was um they cast the movie by just typing actor into google and picking <laughs> the first results yeah <laughs> I will say Charlie Day is Luigi. I'm kind of on the fence on. Like, I'm interested enough in that. I just... I don't know. Jack Black, however. I know who he is. I've never seen Always Sony in Philadelphia. Uh, I know he's the the conspiracy meme. He's the actor Mm. in that. So I was like, eh. Have you seen the Lego movie? Thank God, because I was going to say I've never seen that show, and I thought Andrew would go, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no it, it's a new show if it came out after the year 2000 i don't watch it uh, <laughs> uh no i i have seen the lego movie does he have a part in the lego movie yeah. he's benny the spaceman uh, okay i don't i don't remember that character <laughs> the spaceship guy uh well the first name that came up when i googled actor uh well i had to go to image search but it was the rock then chris hemsworth <laughs> Then The Rock again, then Will Smith, and Michael K. Williams. <laughs> Any one of these people okay. should have been Mario. 
<laughs> I, I would pay so much money to have The Rock as Mario. Live action, no. <laughs> well, I found a good picture online of uh, The Rock as Rockman, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to games. Um, good. So we got to see some more of Splatoon 3. We saw some multiplayer footage with new powers, mechs, that was cool. Um, and a bit more about the story mode, uh, Return of the Mammalians. Now, my problem with Splatoon is that it's hard for it not to just look like more Splatoon. Um, so I find it really hard to get hyped for. I know I'll enjoy it. Um, I'll probably treat it as I did Splatoon 2 in that I'll just jump on every so often on a weekend and, and do some online shooting. I'm not super obsessive about it. Tori, I feel like you're the one who would be most excited for this. Yeah, you'd think that. I'm um, <laughs> in the same boat as you, though. It looks like more Splatoon. The additions mm-hmm. don't look... Like, for starters, those mechs just look like Bakugan. <laughs> um, the grappling hook ability looks like it would be fun. But yeah, it really is just more Splatoon, which is fine. Like, if it works don't change it but like make it exciting at least nothing that they've shown so far why not just make splatoon a live service game if you're just it's... gonna keep doing more of the same because it's nintendo doesn't do live service games <laughs> yeah they like charging 40 bucks for an expansion after release mm-hmm. which they'll do again on this for sure yeah and you know i'm sorry just to argue that point live service games also do paid expansions after <laughs> after the fact so um, oh yeah but nintendo only do that they don't do like they'll do content drops for splatoon but they don't charge for them and there's no microtransactions and there's mm-hmm. opportunities for it so i'm i'm really worried about that sorry andrew where are you on this one i need to see more of it like I'm willing to play uh, an online multiplayer game, but it, ha- it has to be more than just online multiplayer. I'd like to see some kind of progression system built into that part of the game that changes like the hub world versus just doing the single player campaign, and that's the only thing that actually changes anything. Because yeah, I-, I just like it when there's more interaction between all aspects of the game, whereas Splatoon in the past, I- I've gotten bored with the uh, the online turf wars pretty quickly because it's just it's just the same thing over and over and like sometimes there's equipment that you can grind up it's like experience levels to get stuff in i kind of remember something being like that in splatoon 2 maybe i'm wrong uh because <laughs> uh, splatoon 2 the online mode just did not keep my attention and the part of the online that would have kept my attention salmon run was always offline when i was home to actually play it because of that idiotic scheduling system they put in it so i need to see more of this game before i decide if i'm going to get it because if it's just splatoon 2 you know online multiplayer on this side of the lobby and on the other side there's a a single player story campaign that you can finish in five hours and every level is just basically running through platforms in a void like I'm, i'm just not interested in playing another one of those cool so that's that and then the thing they finished the show with was bayonetta 3 finally or bradenetta as I'm calling her, because of her <laughs> new hairstyle. Um, I liked the fake out with the astral chain uh, police mascot. That, that was fun. Oh, I deflated when that happened. I, I can only <laughs> imagine the bile if this had turned out to be an astral chain thing ahead of Bayonetta 3. <laughs> There's not much to say about it. It looks like Bayonetta, and I'm keen. Uh, and they confirmed it's coming next year, so that's cool. I am very excited. Right after they announced Bayonetta 3, which was I was going to say felt like years ago, but I think it actually was years ago. It was. Um, I played 1 and 2 when they came out uh, on Switch and Mm -hmm. loved them. And then I just had to wait for years for for this. So I think I'm going to have to replay them both again to kind of remember everything. Mm -hmm. Well... I played them when they came out on Switch 2. I really enjoyed Bayonetta 2. I really did. I kind of hate Bayonetta 1. I've played it twice now, and the story is incoherent, and the game is just hard in a not-fun way. So (laughs) 
I'm also planning to replay both of them before Bayonetta 3 comes out. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm putting myself through that because I, I already... I, I've beaten Bayonetta twice. I know for certain. I do not like this game, but I'm going to play it a third time because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll happily play it a third time because I love it. <laughs> so. I, I'm concerned. Like they, I've been seeing a lot more talking to Hideki Kamiya about Bayonetta 3 and... From what I understand, he didn't have much involvement in Bayonetta 2. I didn't like Bayonetta 1, which he had a lot of involvement in. I really enjoyed Bayonetta 2, which, from what I understand, he didn't have much involvement in. Now it seems he has a lot of involvement in Bayonetta 3. I have concerns. <laughs> so, so let's just leave it at that. He, he was kind of uh, on as an advisory role for 2. And uh, I have saw interviews on online recently from like development documentaries where he was like meeting with the director of the second one and was just like oh yeah he gets it maybe they won't be as different as as, as you think just so long but, as there is yeah. an, an entire space harrier level that just drags on for 15 minutes yeah that, that is a bit long um but <laughs> um so yeah so that's that uh notable no shows breath of the wild 2 obviously uh, i'm not too mad about it because i think we'll get a breath of the wild 2 focus direct fairly soon in my head this is coming out before the middle of next year but you know equally it would make sense if they saved it as their big holiday game so you never know yeah i expect we'll hear something about that soon especially with it not appearing here it might come out just before the end of the fiscal year so in march that seems to be a thing with a lot of the major companies now as they do one last game just before the fiscal year ends just to boost those numbers up because mm -hmm. like the early season release next year is actually it's it's stacked and that's probably has more to do with COVID than uh, trying to make your portfolio look good to uh, stocks. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I could still believe Zelda would come out in March. Yeah, I, th I think uh, had COVID not happened, we'd have this game already as well. So Yeah, probably. Um, the other one that they didn't show was not one I'm, I'm very interested in, but Advance Wars remake. I thought we'd see a little bit more on that. Yeah. But yeah, not shown at all. And But you're out soon. Yeah, it's out in December. I'll be getting that. I'll be talking about it, but you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can beat those games with my eyes closed. So I don't know if I'm gonna have. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna have much to say except to pitch it as a really good game I like. And here's HD ports of it. <laughs> Please buy it. <laughs> cool. All right. So the, well, that's it. That's the direct. So uh, yeah, let's bring the show to a close. Okay. What are we playing in the coming week? Sorry, we've already discussed yours. Care to re reiterate? Um, I'm going to be playing Deltarune again, uh, Chapter 2. Um, if you want to check it out while I play on Wednesday, 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Will it be Standard Time? God knows. We anyway, use time zone converter for a reason. <laughs> follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'll tweet about it. Um, I'm going to be doing the alternate route in that. Uh, checking it out because it gets really weird cool uh, and andrew for real this time i'm gonna play nino kuni too i i do have it and i've been playing it and i'm really liking the first couple hours of it but we decided to just do the direct this recording but mm -hmm. next week i know i've been saying it for a few episodes now next week nino kuni too seriously this time <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to be checking out a game called Super Arcade Football, which I picked up uh, on the cheap this week. Uh, just been released uh, to positive reviews, uh, positive enough that I wanted to try it. So I'll talk about that next week. Uh, and hopefully Act Tracer 2, baseball, that's all going to depend on my Eastwood progress. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. And that's it. Thanks for listening to this uh, direct special of the End Focus podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and The Power of X. That's a PlayStation and Xbox show, respectively. Uh, together, we're all part of the Game Podular network. And with that, you can join our Discord server to interact with the lively Game Podular community. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, and by extension the network, you can buy us a coffee 
uh, or become a GamePod Yellow Patreon. Details for both of these things are on our website. Thanks in advance. Uh, this episode was edited by Andrew. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter over at uh, PlayCritically, and you can read his long-form reviews over at PlayCritically.com. You can also follow Tori on Twitter. She's at Stew2, that's S-T-W-T-W-O. And you can watch her stream on twitch.tv forward slash ToriSTW. And me, you can follow me at Flame Roast Toast. Thank you.